Let us uh, go in our Bibles. I invite you to go to John chapter 5, verses 24 through 29. It's in your bulletins, but in your bulletins you will only find until verse, uh, starting from verse 25. And I like us to read starting from verse 20, 24. So John chapter 5, verses 24 through 29, as we continue our study from the book of John. This is the word of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has, has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word that we can read here together with freedom, knowing that we don't come to your word by ourselves, but led by the power of the Holy Spirit that give us understanding of spiritual things. May you open the eyes of our hearts to see the truth of the gospel here, that this might be of great encouragement for us today. And we pray, Lord, for those who might be hearing the gospel for the first time or have heard the gospel many times but have no faith yet. We pray that you may send to them the Holy Spirit, that you might cause them to be born again and understand the gospel as well. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Encouragement and discouragement. These are two things that we all deal with. I won't say just every week, but every single day of our lives. We have to deal with encouragement or discouragement. And sometimes when we feel like we are not either encouraged or discouraged, that we say maybe we are neutral. My, my dad, when he was alive, he used to say, when we were calling him, how are you doing? He would say, normal, normal. Normal means nor normal, like nothing is happening. He would use this word normalito. Or some people say so-so, or some people say same old, same old. Nothing is really happening. The reality is that we are not realizing in those moments when we say that everything is normal, that there is no some reason to be excited about is that we should be encouraged that we are not discouraged 
at that moment because nothing bad is happening. But we all go through encouragement and discouragement even in a, in a very single day. You might wake up very discouraged about something that happened or something that you dream about or something that you couldn't dream because you couldn't sleep thinking about that. Or you might be encouraged about something excited that is coming up. You might be encouraged about that. And we are usually encouraged about things that happen here in our earthly life. A career success or the birth of a child or the expectation of, of going somewhere. Or there are many things that can provide for you unearthly encouragement. But there are the same things that can provide for you or can cause you to be discouraged, like being sick or knowing that somebody you love is sick or financial problems or all kinds of problems that happens around the world or just turning on the news and looking at what's going on here in the city, in the country, in the countries around the world, this might cause you great discouragement as well. So we all deal with this. So I guess since we are all in the same boat, I think these words will be very encouraging for all of us because we all deal either with encouragement or discouragement. But as Christians, there is something that is very special, is that regardless of the circumstances in which we are, we can find still great encouragement in the words that we find revealed here in God's Word. It doesn't matter how bad things are for you, you will find verses like these. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are worth are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, or the glory that is to come. You find words like that, and many others, as we will read today from Jesus' words, that are words of encouragement. We have all these spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ, in the heavenly places. Though we cannot see them sometimes, they are ours in Christ. And the last verse of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, which is a passage that we will look at at the end of this message today, says this. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The word of God is meant to encourage us. But not sometimes in the way we want to be encouraged by telling us these problems and that problem is going fi- to be fixed right away but with greater things. And this is what I think we find in these verses that we are reading today. You know, this is the interesting thing about the Word of God. When Jesus is speaking here, he is not trying to encourage a group of people here. You will read this and you will think, why are we talking about encouragement here when what Jesus really is really doing here is confronting, is exhorting a group of people that was in front of him. And yet, as believers, from Jesus' exhortation to those that were in front of him, we can have or we can find great encouragement. Therefore, I, I would say that from these verses, you could find three encouragements for us as believers. The eternal, the eternal encouragement of the believer, 
Second, the present encouragement of the believer. And third, the future encouragement of the believer. So let's look at first the eternal encouragement of the believer. So first of all, let us remember the context of these words that we are reading here from John. Jesus healed a paralytic man on a Sabbath day and told him, take out your bed and walk. And because the religious leaders saw him doing that, the paralytic walking, carrying his bag, they were upset because they thought he was breaking the Sabbath by doing that. They questioned the man, and the man said, the man who healed me told me to do that. Then they were upset with Jesus who told him to take up your bed and walk. And they were trying to, they were persecuting Jesus because of that. But Jesus' response to them did not actually appease their hearts. It actually made it more difficult for them. They now wanted to kill Jesus because his words, what Jesus was saying was telling them, I, I, I am God. That was basically what Jesus was saying. God the Father and I share the same will. And God the Father works on the Sabbath day until today, and I work until today. This upset the religious leaders. And then Jesus continues again to tell them who he is. This will again not calm or appease their anger with Jesus because what Jesus was doing was basically revealing that he was God and their lives depended on him. That their salvation also depended on him. They didn't want to hear that, but that's what Jesus is saying to them. And there is where we come to this verse, verse 24, when he said, truly, truly, I say to you, Basically, what Jesus is saying, pay attention to this. This is the truth. Pay real attention to this. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Has eternal life. Jesus was telling them that I am the determining factor for somebody's eternal life. Now, this verse has often used to share the gospel with people. Whoever hears my word, whoever hears the gospel, and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. The problem is that so often this verse is taken as a sequence of events. Is somebody hears first, then if he hears, then believe, then he has eternal life. If the person hears first, and then that person who hears believe, then that person will have eternal life. In fact, I just change when I say will have, because that's not what the verse says, but this is what people will say. You hear, then you believe, and then you will have eternal life. Sometimes this is also used to say the hearing And the believing is up to the individual. The individual hears the word, and if he believes, then he will have eternal life. It's his decision. His decision to have eternal life, to believe, and then he has eternal life. The thing is that the hearing and believing here are basically the same. 
You can even understand that later in verse 25 when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son, and those who hear will live. He doesn't have to say, Jesus didn't say, who hear and believe will live, but those who hear believe. Because in other words, what Jesus is saying before is that if you hear, it's because you are believing. And hearing and believing are two things that happens together in the believer or the person who ends trusting in Jesus. Now, one thing that makes it even more clear is that you see the word here, eternal life, is no in future, but it's a present tense. It says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. If it would be a sequence of events, we'll say whoever hears, then believe, then will have eternal life. In other words, I think what Jesus is saying here is that hearing and believing is the evidence of having eternal life. You want to know who has eternal life? Is whoever hears and believes that person has eternal life. It's not something that will happen in the future. It's something that is already happening in the individual that have trusted in Jesus because God himself brought him to himself and have granted him eternal life and the gift of faith so he can believe, he can hear, believe, and understand spiritual things. He says, and you continue to see even with more clarity in the following lines, he does not come into judgment. What does that mean? It means that he has been already justified. He has been already declared as just. Some people are hoping and waiting until the end of their days to see if they are justified. But the fact is that if you hear and you believe, you have been already declared as just. Why? Because Christ's righteousness is counted as your righteousness. It's imputed. It's transferred. His righteousness is transferred to you. Your sins are nailed on the cross through your faith in Christ and your union with Christ. And at the same time, his righteousness through your union with Christ is counted as your own righteousness. When God the Father sees you today, when he sees you today, he sees you as somebody who has been declared just. You have been justified. And to make it even more clear, if you keep reading, the following sentence is in past tense. But has passed from death to life. It's something that already happened. So you have eternal life because you have been declared as just, justified, and you have already passed from death to life. You have, your name has been written in the book of life. You have been declared saved. You have eternal life today. I remember going to, in one of the 
global outreach conference here, going to a mosque, and we uh, had a conversation with the imam, which is the leader of the mosque. And then we asked him, or actually I asked him, uh, do you know if you are saved today? And his answer was, he himself said, I don't know. I will have to wait until the end to see if Allah saved me. And, and I asked him, it depends on what? He says, well, good things that I do and bad things that I do. And, uh, and it's almost like Allah is taking an account of how many good things minus how many bad things and etc. And then you will be safe. He did not know where he will end if he dies. But you, if you have trusted in Jesus, if you have heard and believed, it is because you have eternal life already. Now again, we, we go back to, to the theme of encouragement and discouragement. For us as Christians, this should be of great encouragement. You, brother and sister, already know if you have heard and believed in Jesus Christ that you have eternal life. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. That nothing is going to change that. Because this has been granted to you by the power of God, by the work of Jesus on the cross, not based on your works, on your merits, but based on what Christ has done on the cross on your behalf. When Christ took the place on the cross for you. Think for a moment about this. You think about failures in life. Think about challenges, illness, all these kind of things. When you look at this in light of the glory that is to come, is when you realize it's no worth comparing. It's like my uncle used to say when people were complaining a lot. He says it's like a mosquito bite. Just do like this, and yeah, it bothers you, but you don't get there like crying and I'm going to sleep because the mosquito bite me. No. Of course, I'm not saying that the sufferings that we have are like mosquito bites. They are painful. They are real. But compared with the glory that is to come, I'm not saying this. It's the word of God who is saying this. They are not worth comparing them. You have eternal life. We have eternal life if we have trusted in Jesus. Now, the, perf- the present encouragement of the believer, because this was the eternal encouragement. You have it today. You had it yesterday. If you trusted in Jesus, you will have it until the end of your life or if Jesus comes, and you will have it for eternity. You have that already. It's yours. You have eternal life. Now, what is the present encouragement of the believer? Verse 25, truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here. Listen, this is not that Jesus was thinking, oh, an hour is coming, and then he realized, oh, wait, wait, it's actually right here. He's not, he's not saying that, he, it's not that he realized that, that it's already happening, and he thought that it wasn't happening yet. It's intentional when he says he's coming and it's now here. This is what we often hear as already, but not yet. Just that here is reversed. You have first no yet and then already. No yet is coming. Already is now here. 
And what is that? Is that when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. So it's important that we look at, it's now here when we read, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live, because he helped us to understand that Jesus here is talking about the spiritual rebirth that happens in those who trust in Jesus right now, in the present. Later, you will see that he's going to talk about an hour is coming, and then he talks about something that will happen in the future. But here, what Jesus is talking about is what happens in those who trust in Jesus. Who are the dead here who will hear the voice of the Son of God? All of us who have trusted in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, we were dead in our sins. We could not understand. We could not hear. We could not believe. Why? Because we were dead in our sins. Therefore, because of the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in a person's life, as Jesus taught to Nicodemus, we are born again. That's a spiritual rebirth. This is the first fruits of what is to come. That's why I'm talking about the present encouragement of the believer. This is already yours in Christ. This has already happened. Sometimes when we think about eternal life, is, again, we go back to the eternal encouragement of the Lord, of the, of the believer. We think about, yes, one day I will be with, with God forever. But that sounds very far away from me, especially if I'm young and thinking about, I don't going to die for some years. Who knows in reality when that's going to happen. But, but we think about something that is far away. But here... Jesus is talking about something that he has already done in your life. If you are here because you believe, it's because you have been born again. If you are here and you are believing these words that I'm preaching to you, it's because you have been born again. If you go out and go back to your home and you read your word, the word of God, you read the Bible, and you understand it and you believe it and, and nourish you and encourage you and give you a, a great confidence in the Lord is because you have been born again. If you repent of your sin when you sin, it's because you have been born again. If you are able to forgive, it's because you have been born again. If you are able to continue to persist until the day you die, it's because you have been born again. All this is yours in Christ. And it's amazing that if you keep reading in Ephesians, you are already seated with Christ in the heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father, which means that Christ is the king and you are ruling with him in his spiritual kingdom right now, right here. Should this not be an encouragement for you? This is you. This is for you, brothers and sisters. It's for all of us. This is the present encouragement that we all have. 
And third, the future encouragement of the believer. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. And this is pointing back to what we just read before in previous verses when when says that the father doesn't judge, but it's Jesus himself who is the judge. It's because God the Father gave Jesus this authority. This is his role as coming as the judge of the world. And he says, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming. And here is where you see the difference. Remember in verse 25 says, an hour is coming and it's now here. It was referring to something that has already happened and is happening for you as a believer. But here, when he says an hour is coming, it's referring to something that will happen in the future. When all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. How many of them? All. Who? All. Not just the believers. All will hear his voice. At Jesus' coming, every knee will bow down. All will hear his voice. Believers and those who die without Christ will hear the voice. And he says, and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. That's a wonderful day, but that's a terrible day for those who did not trust in Jesus for salvation. We know that we cannot save ourselves by doing good works because no one does good works that are acceptable before God. Therefore, when he says those who have done good is those who have trusted in Jesus and his righteousness is counted as their righteousness. They will be resurrected to life. It's the resurrection of life, to live. And that is pointing to being with God in the absence of sin, in the absence of pain, sorrow, all the great discouragement that you go through in this life will be gone. And you will be with God. I love when Chris was saying that he was thinking about, I will be with God forever, for an eternity. That's what we will have forever. Nothing is going to change that. We will be resurrected. This is the the glory that is to come. The, the, The things, the sufferings of this world are not compared with the glory that is to come. We will be resurrected to that. But it's also a terrible day because those who have not trusted in Jesus will also be resurrected but to go to eternal condemnation. It's a sad day, right, for them. Look what, again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 says, which is, I keep saying this and people will say, they, they won't believe me anymore because when I say, oh, this is one of my favorite passages. And it's almost every passage, but this is one of them, if not the most, one of my favorite passages. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve of others who do not have hope. Here is the difference between us and those who have no hope. Know that we will not grieve, because we will grieve, we grieve at the loss of our loved ones, but of those who have no hope. 
we will not grieve as those who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of our Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So it's the hope that you know that those that have already gone to be with the Lord will come down with Christ when he's coming and his judgment day. Sometimes we might be discouraged that they are not here, but we know that they are coming with him. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with a voice of an archangel. And this is the voice that we are hearing here when we read in verse 28 of John 5, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. This is the voice that they will hear. With the voice of an archangel and with the sound of a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, we will cut up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. That's what Chris is saying forever, forever, always with the Lord. And what is the conclusion of Paul in this paragraph? Therefore, because of this, because of this hope that you already know, which is the future encouragement of the believer, the hope that you have, encourage one another with these words. This is reminding us of the important role that we have of encouraging one another. Our brothers and sisters will be discouraged about circumstances. How would you discourage, how would, no, sorry, how would you encourage them? How would you do that? We're just saying, Everything is going to be all right. Everything is fine. No, these words, these words of hope, we have an eternal encouragement, which is that we already have eternal life. We have a present encouragement that we know that we have been born again in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we have a wonderful hope awaiting for us. When Christ will come. Be encouraged with these words. And when you are discouraged, I encourage you to be encouraged with these words. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are gracious, merciful, and you understand our discouragement, and you understand that, that sometimes we are trapped by the circumstances in our lives and, and you are patient and you remind us in your word of these spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ already. Right now, right here, things that are unchangeable. Nobody's going to separate us from your love if you have brought us back to you. And the future hope that we have that one glorious day we will meet you face to face and we will be with you forever. Help us, Lord, to be encouraged with these words.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.